0: to liberated living ministries with john and beverly sheesby you are listening to the seed to seed message from march 2023 for more information on this podcast and other resources please visit our website liberatedliving.com grace to you and greetings to you from a cold and wet glenpool oklahoma Uh, yesterday was the first day of spring but you'd never be able to tell it from the way the weather has been but we do have the promise that it's going to get warmer. We've had a lot of cold. Sunday morning, the temperature was 23 degrees Fahrenheit. Just a hard freeze that killed any growth that had come up uh, in the spring. In the spring, and so, uh, but we, it's going to get warmer. We have been spoiled this past month because. Um, we went down to florida and spent a few days at the beach in warm weather they said it'd been unseasonably warm down there and we were able to have a couple of days at the beach and oh we loved that just walking on the beach every day swimming in the ocean what a a joy it was we went down for a memorial service for a an old friend of ours from when we first came to the united states and uh, you know it was a good excuse somebody gave enough money to the ministry for us to buy a new vehicle and so we needed to uh, just have a trip you those of you who know me know that i love to drive and so we drove all the way down to florida and it was just a a wonderful time we put about 2900 miles on a brand new vehicle and uh, it's not new anymore, but it was a great time for us. So we are back home now and anticipating the coming of the family from Colorado this coming week. Um, uh, it is an Oral Roberts University Quest Day, and Braden, our eldest grandson, is coming down for that Quest Day with the rest of the family to attend Quest Day. This is for school students to see the university and decide if they want to come there and well uh, his grandparents on uh, jessica's side and then brad and jessica have graduated from oral roberts university and i think there's a lot of expectation that he will choose to go to oru as well so we look forward to the family coming down it will be a, a great time well This month's message is a continuation of the messages that I preached down in Hogansville, Georgia on the prosperous soul. Last month, we looked at the signs of a prosperous soul. First of all, it's walking in the truth. And the first truth we looked at is the truth of righteousness by faith and being established, as Hebrews 5 says, in the word of righteousness. This month's message is about faith. And I know you're going to be blessed by it. I've just edited the whole message and it was a blessing to me again as I listened to the word. And so I know it will be a blessing to you next month. We'll look at the third message in the series and it will be the renewing of the mind. So I know you will be blessed as uh, you listen to this. I do want to say thank you to those of you who continue to faithfully support the ministry we have been so blessed by the faithfulness of God through so many people who love and support us and we appreciate it so much. So, be blessed as you listen. Let's get into the Word this morning and I want us to go back to Third John uh, and read those verses that we read last night. If you weren't with us last night, where were you? <laughs> But I'll do a little bit of recapping of last night's message and then get on to. I'm going to read from verse 1. The elder to the beloved Gaius, whom I love in truth. Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things. And as I said to you last night, that's a bad translation. The King James Version is accurate to the Greek. I pray above all things that you prosper And be in health just as your soul prospers. And as I said to you last night, you know, the reason why I think they changed the translation because they felt like that wasn't a noble enough prayer to pray above all things for somebody to prosper and be in health. Surely you should pray for their holiness and for their some spiritual thing, but he prays (coughs) above all things that they will prosper and be in health. And the key is this, as their soul prospers, and so soul prosperity leads to prosperity in every area of life, financial relationships uh, in every area of life and health and So we looked at that last night, and I looked at the words so if you didn't uh, didn 't uh, see it last night, you can always go online and watch that message. For I rejoiced greatly when brethren came and testified of the truth that is in you, just as you walk in the truth. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. And so I see this as John recognizing the fact that Gaius' sole prosperity was because he was walking in truth. And that's sort of the foundation of what I'm speaking on, spoke on last night, speaking on this morning and tonight. Walking in the truth is a key to soul prosperity. And then soul prosperity leads to material prosperity, relationships, every area of your life, your career and so on. And then health. Uh, We looked at the word "hugios," which means to be made whole restored to manufacturer specifications is the way I like to describe that word and god wants your body to be functioning well that's why jesus died on the cross and by his stripes you were healed so that you can walk in wholeness okay so but soul prosperity is the key and the truth we looked at last night the first truth was that you are skilled in the word of righteousness and nothing else makes sense until you get the foundation sorted out that righteousness is no longer about you doing the right thing. It's about the fact that Jesus died on the cross And now God offers you his grace, a free gift of grace, and the gift of righteousness. And when you receive that gift of righteousness, you have become skilled in righteousness. Now, numbers of people came to me last night and said, man, I needed that message. Because although they've got the whole message of righteousness, we need a refresher every now and then. Because it's so easy to creep back into performance. It's so easy to get back into feeling shame over the stuff that we've done and guilt over past failure. And the enemy's quite ready to just trip us up and condemn us. And so we need to go back and become skilled in the word of righteousness so that we recognize that voice that comes against us and whispers lies in our ears and say that's not true satan i'm not the person that i once was i'm a new creation and so you're looking back at bc before christ but i'm not bc i'm ad i'm after his death and after his death i am righteous Okay, so that's the first truth we looked at last night. The second truth that I want us to look at, walking in truth, is the truth which is foundational to the new covenant, and it's the word faith. Faith. Without faith, the writer of the Hebrew says in Hebrews 11, it is impossible to please God. Now, what is the opposite of Faith. Well, obviously, unbelief. But really, in a biblical sense, the opposite of faith is fear. Okay? Now, we are beset by fears in our culture, all around. I mean, I get so tired of uh, of commercials on television, which all are, are hitting fear buttons, fear relating to health. So, you know, have you noticed that every second commercial is about a drug of some some description? You see, the drug companies know this, that if they can put enough fear on you, you'll fall for their line, be suckers for their, their promotions. And so the fear is rampant in our culture. And the government promotes fear, and the media promotes fear, and everybody promotes fear. And if you're not careful, it's easy for you to live in fear, and faith is negated by fear. And so I want to talk about the the prosperous soul that walks in an active faith. And I'm going to use a story from the Old Testament. Turn to Genesis 26 if you have your Bibles, or you can see it online. In Genesis 26, we have an amazing account, and um, it's the story of Isaac. Abraham was probably the wealthiest man alive at that time. Uh, he, he was so blessed. Every time he lied about Sarah, he got richer. <laughs> Pharaoh blessed him, Abimelech blessed him, gave them possessions because he lied about Sarah. You know, that just shows the gift of righteousness at work. That God had declared Abraham righteous and though he lied about Sarah, every time he lied, God made him richer. That's the grace of God, folks. (laughs) you know i'm not excusing s- sin and lying but i'm telling you god wants to prove to you how gracious and how good he is that even when you are totally undeserving he's willing to pour out his abundance upon you so abraham was genesis 13:3 says abraham was gloriously rich i like that he uses the hebrew word kabod for which is the word for glory and, and it's the word for weight. He was weightily rich, gloriously rich. So he dies. And guess who inherits all his glorious wealth? Isaac. So Isaac is about, you know, Abraham died when Isaac was about 75. So this is sometime after this. So let's read from verse 1. There was a famine in the land besides the first famine that was in the days of Abraham. And Isaac went to Abimelech, king of the Philistines in Gerar. And you remember that Abraham went to Abimelech as well when there was famine. Then the Lord appeared to him and said, do not go down to Egypt. Live in the land of which I shall tell you. Why did God say don't go down to Egypt? Well, Egypt was the obvious place for anybody to go in a time of famine. Because Egypt always had food. Why? Because of the Nile River. The Nile originates in the mountains in central, you know, Africa, further south. And although it might be arid, there might be famine, the waters of the Nile keep on flowing. I'm going to read a passage to you from Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy, we're going to go back to Genesis in a moment, but Deuteronomy chapter 11 and verse 10 and 13, listen to this. For the land which you go to possess is not like the land of Egypt from which you have come, where you sowed your seed and watered it by foot as a vegetable garden. See, the Egyptians had developed very sophisticated pumping systems which were foot-operated. So they could stand on the banks of the river and they had their irrigation canals and pipes coming from the river and they'd pump and pump and pump and pump and there would be water to irrigate their vegetable gardens. God says, I'm taking to your land where that doesn't work. I'm taking you to a land, listen to this, the land which you cross over to possess is a land of hills and valleys, which drinks water from the rain of heaven, a land for which the Lord your God cares. The eyes of the Lord your God are always on it from the beginning of the year to the very end of the year. What God's saying to them, he said, I'm taking to you to a land where you human effort doesn't work. Doing things the world's way doesn't work. Egypt represents... The world represents doing things that the world would do to meet a need. And God says, I don't want you to get big thigh muscles from pumping, 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 pumping. I want you to have a heart that is open toward me because the land drinks the rain of heaven. In other words, if it doesn't rain, you've got a spiritual problem. You need to get with me. Isn't that right? I mean, he reiterates it again and again. When the dedication of Solomon's temple, Solomon's prayer was all that. You know, when there is a famine in the land and we turn our hearts towards you, then will you hear from heaven and you send rain and, and so on. So God says, I don't want you to rely on the systems of men. I don't want you to look for a human solution to your problem. I want you to get with me. (laughs) so he says Isaac don't go down to Egypt let go back to Genesis uh, 26. 26 he says dwell this is verse 3 dwell in this land and I will be with you and bless you for to you and your descendants I give all these lands And I will perform the oath which I swore to Abraham, your father. And I will make your descendants multiply as the stars of heaven. I will give to your descendants all these lands. And in your seed, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. This is the promise that God had given to Abraham, and he is now giving it to Isaac. Isaac is receiving his own personal word from God, his own personal promise, his own own personal prophetic utterance, declaration of the purpose of God. Dwell in this land. Don't go down to Egypt. Stay where you are, and I'm going to be with you. Now, if you're in that predicament, it's easy to be swayed to think, oh, man, I don't know if I can trust this word. You know, Egypt is so enticing. It's so easy to go down to Egypt. Jacob went down to Egypt, you know, he sent his sons there because there was food in Egypt. But God says, stay in this land and I'm going to bless you. Now, look at verse 12. Then Isaac sowed in that land. Which land was that? The land of famine. He sowed in that land. Can you imagine sowing seed in arid, dry, barren land with no prospect of any rain? You know, it's, the psalm says, They that sow in tears shall reap in joy. He that goes forth weeping, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his his sheaves with him. See, the thing is this. When you sowed seed in a land of famine, you never were sure that there was going to be the rain. But God had said, I'm going to send rain in due season. And so it takes an act of faith to believe that God is totally true to his word. And so Isaac exercises his faith and demonstrates his faith by sowing seed. He could easily have, you know, his mind would have told him, man, this is foolish. Sowing seed in arid land like this. Man, what happens if the seed dies? I've just wasted all my seed. And this seed is my, my livelihood. It could be my food and my family's food. But he believed The promise of God. Isaac sowed in that land and reaped in the same year a hundredfold. (laughs) And the Lord was with him. He sowed in that land and in the same year reaped a hundredfold. Why did he reap a hundredfold? Because of the word of the Lord. See, I want to tell you this. God's word to you trumps every natural circumstance of your life. You've got to believe that, folks. We are believers. We are not doubters. We are not worldlings anymore. We are members of a different kingdom. And God's kingdom is superior to every system of man and every condition. And so when God said, I'm going to bless you, even if there's no rain, You can have a hundredfold return on your harvest because you're reaping by the word of the Lord, not by the circumstances of your life. See, now a prosperous soul is somebody who has learned to rest in the faithfulness of God. And listen, you don't get to that just, you know, one time. It's a process of learning to trust, learning to lean on him, learning to trust, lean on his word, learning to trust him. And God is faithful. Jill said to Beverly, you know, Tracy needs to have another message on seed to seed. Tracy is our daughter, yes. And so Bev spoke to Tracy and Tracy said, well, I've got a word. <laughs> so we're going to get her to preach that word, but it's, it's, she's going to be speaking about the cup of remembrance. That it's so important to remind yourself of the faithfulness of God in times past when it seemed like nothing could deliver you out of a situation, but God came through according to His Word. And if you don't keep on reminding yourself of what God's faithfulness has produced in your life it's easy to look at the circumstances you're in now and feel like fear comes all over you because it's not going to work how's it going to work see and so reminding yourself and remembering Isaac was fortunate that he had his daddy's track record to remind himself of God had been faithful to Abraham for all of those years and he had fulfilled his promises to Abraham and now God is giving the same promises to Isaac and so based on his observation of God's faithfulness to his father he took a crazy step of faith he sowed in that land and in the same year reaped a hundredfold. Oh, man, this is good. Now, the next verse is the key verse that I want you to see. The man began to prosper. See, he never prospered before. He was rich. But prosperity is much more than having possessions. Prosperity is a prosperous soul. And the prosperous soul is one that has an unshakable faith in the faithfulness of God. That God will perform what he has promised to do. That his word works no matter what the circumstances, no matter what the economic situation, no matter what's happening in Washington, D.C. God's word works. And so he began to prosper. And the Bible says, and continued prospering until he became very prosperous. Isn't that amazing? Up till then he was just a rich kid who inherited a buku of money from his father. But prosperity came when he began his own journey of faith. Why do you think God gives you a prophetic word? He's giving you a destiny, a destination, something that he has in his heart for you, something that he has in his mind for you. And when you lay hold of that and say, God, I'm believing that. Many years ago, I was in Madrid, Spain, ministering in a church in Madrid. And there was a prophet from Guatemala, uh, Enrique Escobar, doing a prophetic conference and then he was closing out his prophetic conference and then another brother and I were going to do a conference following that and so I was there for the last day of his prophetic conference and at the after he had shared from the word he invited anyone to come forward who wanted a prophetic word and I thought to myself well I won't go forward you know I'll just uh, stay back here and let the other people be blessed and the Holy Spirit said you go forward so I went and stood in line, and amongst the things that Enrique Escobar said over me, he said, you're a giver. You've, been, you've given a lot. He said, you've seen nothing yet. I see you carrying a check for a million dollars to some nation on earth. This was back in the 90s. Uh, uh, yeah, mid-90s. What's that, 27 years ago or something? And I laid hold of that. In 2000, a friend of mine in South Africa, Bev and I were back in South Africa, gave me the book Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And it started a revolution in me of understanding that I had been raised in poverty with a poverty mentality and that it caused me to doubt the ability of God to bring wealth to me as a believer. I had accepted poverty as being my norm because that's the way my father was. Listen and it started something within me and in 2001 God gave me the verse a good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children and the wealth of the wicked is stored up for the righteous. I had heard messages on the wealth of the wicked stored up for the righteous, but not everybody attached to that. A good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. And God opened my eyes and he said, why should I give you wealth if you haven't learned to preserve wealth for generations? I want you to get a vision of managing wealth so that generations to come of your children will continue to be a blessing to the nations of the earth so you're going to have to learn about wealth management (laughs) Ah, and I've been on a journey there and Bev and I we've we've, we've invested and lost money but I've been learning because I'm going to carry a check for a million dollars to some nation on earth I'll take a picture of it when it happens (laughs) and you'll see it Because I've believed the word of the Lord. God's word is true. He gave me that word to change my inner reality and to change my concepts of blessing and prosperity and wealth. You see, I didn't have a prosperous soul when he gave me that word. (laughs) you see we can only prosper and be in health if our soul prospers and so I had to get to the place of allowing him to what I'll be teaching tonight renewing my mind transforming my inward reality so that I would become prosperous in my soul so that he could commit to me the prosperity by which we could be a blessing to all the families of the earth and that's what I signed up for in 1981 sitting under my jackarand in Zimbabwe when I was pastoring there. And God spoke to me through Genesis, through, through Abraham's uh, calling, I'm going to use you to bless all the families of the earth. And I can remember sitting there and saying, God, I'm signing up for that assignment. If you can use me to bless all the families of the earth, here I am. I never even told Bev because I thought, man, if I shared it with Bev, she'd say, You, you you're so arrogant to think God's going to use you to bless the family. She no, you didn't, but I thought you might, you know. <laughs> so so I didn't even share it with her. But I embraced that. And listen, that's every one of our assignments. Because we are the seed of Abraham. Through faith in Christ Jesus. And God wants you to be a blessing to the families of the earth in whichever way he tells you. And this is what I've discovered. You can't bless the families of the earth if you can't pay your bills. You can't bless the families of the earth if you're too poor to pay attention. Poverty is incredibly selfish because it's all about you and God wants you to have a vision of I can touch the families of the earth. And Satan will come against you with fear because he wants to neutralize every bit of positivity in you for you to embrace the promise of God to you so that you just say, well, that's for somebody else. You know, the night Bev gave me that prophetic word, she must have had too much pizza because that couldn't have been God. (laughs) Because after all, she doesn't know who I am. I'm poor. No, you're not poor. You're the seed of Abraham. You're the an heir of Abraham's promise. You're an heir not just of Abraham's promise. You're an heir of Christ Jesus. You're a joint heir with him of all the father's wealth and all the father's possessions. And true prosperity only comes though When you exercise faith in the word of God and take action based upon God's promise to you. See, until then, Isaac was rich, but he didn't prosper. He only began to prosper. When taking the word of God and believing the word of God, he acted upon it. And he sowed in that land. And in the same year, reaped a hundredfold. The man... Began to prosper. Have you begun to prosper? Have you begun to prosper? Have you exercised faith in the word of God? Or are you waiting for blessings to fall from heaven? You might have to put some seed in the ground. See, God brought the children of Israel through the wilderness into the promised land. And three days into the promised land, the manna died up dried up. They had been sustained for the 40 years in the wilderness by God sending them food every day. And three days after getting into the promised land, the man had dried up. Now, it would have been easy for them to say, where's God? He's abandoned us. It was time to implement all the promises they had to sow seed in the new land to realize the fulfillment of the promise. They didn't, they didn't have to sow in the wilderness. God just provided it all. Oh, well, then I'll just stay in the wilderness. That's much better, you know. No! You, you can't feed the world on manna that rots after the f- one day. You can't be a blessing to all the families on the earth when you've got manna breath. I want you to hear this because some of you need to stir up something within yourself because you've become passive you've had prophetic words you've heard the word of the lord but then you've you've allowed the fear in you to come against the word and neutralize the promises of god to you and the word of god to you and you believe that's for somebody else that's not for me after all i'm just poor no you're not you're the seed of abraham You're an heir of Abraham's promises. You're an heir of Abraham's covenant blessings. The man began to prosper and continued prospering until he became very prosperous. For he had possessions of flocks and possessions of herds and a great number of servants. So the Philistines envied him. God wants his people to be the envy of the world. What happened in the church? Well, Paul prophesied in 1 Timothy 4 what would happen. He said we'd be seduced by seducing spirits and doctrine of demons that would forbid us to marry and to abstain from foods which God created for us, for our blessing. And he has the audacity to say, everything that God created is good. When it is received with thanksgiving by those who believe the truth. See, we've believed the lie that somehow spirituality is equated with lack and poverty. Mm -hmm. We've believed the lie that spirituality is equated with celibacy. And so sex became something that's dirty. No, it isn't. God wants you to be fruitful and multiply. That's his blessing. It's religion that has come in and said, "You, you should be celibate and you should be poor. It's enshrined in Roman Catholicism, folks, and it's spread into every dimension of the church so that we look with suspicion on rich people. But at the same time, if we have need in the church, we're happy that there are rich people in the church who will, ble- who will give their money. Well, why, do- why should it be them? Why not you? That you're the cause and the source of blessing. You see, that doctrine of demons has afflicted the church. And God wants us to be the envy of the Philistines. He wants that the world looks at you and envies you because you're prospering and continuing to prosper until you become very prosperous. Can you receive that? I'm speaking prophetically. I'm a prophet of God this morning to you. This is God's assignment for every one of you he wants you to prosper he wants you to be very prosperous that the philistines envy you for what purpose so that you can be a blessing to all the families of the earth because that's your assignment and i signed up for that and i didn't know how god would ever do it and he brought us to the states and listen through the internet i've been able to touch people all over the world it's amazing. It's amazing. Who would have thought it? This little preacher in Gweru in Zimbabwe, can you find it on the map? Hardly. It's a little town in the belly button of, of old Rhodesia, now Zimbabwe. And there I was, sitting under a jacaranda tree, signing up to be a blessing to all the families of the earth. It's no greater miracle than God coming to Abraham and saying, Look at those stars. So shall your seed be. And Abraham believed God. And God said, that boy is righteous. Yeehaw. Man, I want you to get this, get this deep in your spirit. Now, I'm going to turn to, go to Second Chronicles chapter 20. And uh, show you a verse of scripture there. This is Jehoshaphat, the king, speaking to the people. And he says to them, I mean, they're facing a coalition of nations that have come against them, a crowd. And so, uh, I mean, it's intimidating. And so Jehoshaphat prays, and a prophet come, gives a prophetic word. You'll not need to fight in this battle. Just go into battle array, and the Lord is going to fight, fight for you. And then verse 20 Jehoshaphat encourages the people and he says so they rose early in the morning and went out into the wilderness of Tekoa and as they went out Jehoshaphat stood and said hear me O Judah and you inhabitants of Jerusalem believe in the Lord your God and you shall be established believe his prophets and you shall that good Can you understand why the enemy has come against the whole ministry of prophecy so profoundly? Because he knows what many of us don't know. That when God gives you a prophetic word, he is intent on fulfilling that promise over you. And it's your choice to either accept that word and believe that word and prosper as a result of it or else to say, ah, that can't happen. Look at me. You know, look at my circumstances. Look at where I come from. Look at my origins. Look at my background. I'm not smart enough. I'm not, you know, whatever excuse you might use. Or you can say, God, I don't know how you're going to do it, but you've spoken it to me prophetically and I'm believing it. Believe its profits and you will prosper. And the word prosper, you can translate it again. It's good journey, but uh, our friend Ed Trout defines it as push down the road. And the root of the word is um, something with strong impulse. It's like something is pushing you. You're prospering. Something pushes you. Believe the prophets, and you'll, there'll be an impulse, a push for you in your life. And some of you know this. I mean, you've got a prophetic word from Bev or from others who've been here, and you laid hold of that, and voila. Yeah. Look what's happened. God has fulfilled his word. Yeah. Is busy fulfilling his word. Okay, believe his prophets, and you shall succeed. Okay, and then the last verse we're going to look at for today is Second uh, Timothy, excuse me, chapter 1 and verse 6. Therefore I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, and of love, and of a sound mind. See, God's gifted us. We have been gifted within the gospel with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. But the enemy wants it to be neutralized in you. And it's your responsibility to stir up the gift. And the word for stir up there is to reignite a flame. And so often when you get the word, you get so excited, yes, and it burns within you, and then time passes, and time passes, and nothing seems to be changing. Nothing seems to be happening. You see, from 1995 around about, when I got that word in Madrid, Spain, we've gone through a lot of dry years and so on. But I never lost sight of that word. You can tell, ask Bev, I keep on repeating that word. The prophet said, you'll take a check for a million dollars, which means <laughs> we're going to have more than a million. <laughs> See? But that, that was the word that I laid hold of and other prophetic promises of wealth that have come to me. And, and every time it, it came, I mean, like a, a prophet in, in Lakeland, Florida, said, you're going to have brookers of money. Yeah, that's, a, that's a bunch. But you see, it, it seemed so improbable for where we were. But I never lost sight of the fact that God is absolutely faithful. But I've had to stir up that gift within me, the gift of that prophetic word that I received, I've had to stir it up because there have been times, lean times, difficult times, when it, you're tempted to say, this will never come to pass. Maybe this is for my children or for some grandchildren and so on. But never did I, never did I do that because I kept stirring it up, stirring it up. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love, and of a sound mind. The enemy of you experiencing and seeing the fulfillment of the promise of God to you, and for you having a prosperous soul, is fear. Fear. And it doesn't come from God. The neat thing about it is this. It's a spirit. And you can get rid of a spirit. Can't you? Yes. You rebuke a spirit. Now, as we're going to see tonight, it requires you then renewing your mind. But you don't have to stay a slave of a spirit of fear. And many of us have so given in to a spirit of fear and we've allowed it to dominate our thinking, to dominate our emotions, Uh, This past week at at ShopFix Academy, Aaron, who heads up this coaching organization, was speaking about the subconscious mind and how the subconscious mind is dominated by your emotions. And if you're not careful, your subconscious mind, and he said, made this statement, he said, 95% of our actions come from out of the subconscious mind and only 5% out of the conscious mind. So how do you transform your subconscious mind? By the renewing of your mind, by allowing the Holy Spirit to transform you inwardly, healing your damaged emotions, healing you from those roots that have caused you to live in paranoia and fear. You don't have to stay there. Jesus came to set us free. God hasn't given you a spirit of fear. It comes directly from Satan. From the pit of hell. And if it's a spirit, you can get rid of it. And then renew your mind to the truth of God's word by believing the promises. God hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but of what? Of power. Of love. And of a sound mind. Self control. You can control those, those thoughts and those, those paradigms that you've inherited from generations. You don't have to live there any longer. God has given us a spirit of power and love and a sound mind. And it's a spirit. Yes. Yes. So how do, you, how do you receive a spirit? Just receive it by faith. Lord, you said you've given me a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind, and I receive it today. Today I walk in power. Today I walk in love. Today I walk with a sound mind. I'm not going to give in to speculative thinking. I'm not going to give in to fearful thinking. I am walking with a sound mind. Another translation of the word sound mind is self-control. You're in charge of what you allow to dominate your mind. You can allow the enemy to just sow his seeds of fear or you can stand firm on the word and you can say, God, I receive today a spirit of power and love and of a sound mind. A prosperous soul is a soul that is advancing in faith, believing God, trusting God, even when the circumstances seem impossible. You trust him because you know he's faithful. You remind yourself of all the times that he has been faithful to his word. And you encourage yourself in the Lord, as David did. He strengthened himself in the Lord. God hasn't given you a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. So, my question to you is, are you prospering? I'm not saying... Have you got a lot of money or not? Isaac had a lot of money, had a lot of possessions. Listen, his daddy had an army big enough to go against Chedorlaomer and rescue Lot. So Isaac had in he, he had servants coming out of the, the kazoo, but he wasn't prosperous. He only began to prosper. When he implemented the word of God by faith. You'll only begin to prosper when you take the word of God and say, God, I I believe your word and I'm implementing this word and I'm moving forward. For some of you, you've had it in your heart to start a business, but fear has paralyzed you because you said, what if I fail? What if I fail? What if I fail? Imagine what Isaac was going through in a year of famine, in a land of famine. He's going to sow his seed, but he's got a promise from God. And he sowed in that land. In that land, in, the, in it says, in the same year, a year of famine, in a land of famine, he sowed his seed. And what? He reaped a hundredfold. God blessed him. And the man began to prosper. You need to write that down and put it somewhere in your diary. Put it up on the wall. The man, the woman began to prosper and continued to prosper until he became very prosperous. So much so that the Philistines envied him. Does the world envy you or do they look at you and think, you poor Christian, you know? See, we should be the envy of the world. Boy, do you receive this word? This is a great word. I mean, it's, it's a, it's a prophetic word today for Grace Covenant Worship Center. And for Hogansville, Georgia, or whatever town you come from. Listen, we're not governed by the economy of the city. We're not governed by the economy of Georgia, of nor of the United States, nor of the whole world. We are under heaven's economy. And if God gives you a word, you can act in faith. Stir up that gift that is in you. Stir up the gift that God has given you with that prophetic word. And sow your seed. I don't know what that seed might be. It's taking a step of faith, starting that business, doing something, sowing in that land. And only the Holy Spirit can show you what that means. You know, now this is, word has been abused by preachers to say, you sow the seed into my ministry. That's bunk. Isaac sowed in that land, he put his seed in the ground. Now, if God tells you to to give into somebody's life, by all means, sow a seed into somebody's life. But don't let people manipulate you and say, well, if you'll sow into my ministry, you'll get a hundredfold return. (laughs) Don't be manipulated by men's word. You hear the Spirit of God. Father, I want to thank you for the truth of your word. Thank you for this liberating, liberating message. Thank you, Lord, that you want us to prosper in our souls so that we will walk in prosperity and be in health. Thank you, Lord God, for soul prosperity. Thank you, Lord, that you've been establishing in this place the foundation of righteousness as a gift from God and your people are becoming skilled in the word of righteousness. Now you're adding another layer to that that foundation and that's you know and I know it's been taught yeah but the the layer of faith believing God even in the midst of circumstances that are negative and untoward I just want to pray for you because some of you have been so neutralized by a spirit of fear you've had prophetic promises you've had prophetic words you've had these desires from within and at one time that burned brightly within you but the fire has died down. And today, the word of the Lord is, stir it up, reignite that fire within you. Go back, get those prophetic words out, revisit them. Say, God, I'm coming back to that word that you gave me. I'm not going to let go of it. I'm going to hold fast to the promise that you gave me, the prophetic word. Lord, thank you. Thank you. Now, I want to come against that spirit of fear. It is a spirit. And a spirit can be cast out. You can't educate a spirit. You throw it out. The spirit of fear. In the name of Jesus, I want to thank you, Lord, for the power of the name and authority of Jesus. Jesus said, I have given you power and authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the works of the devil. Nothing shall by any means harm you. And so the spirit of fear that has been coming against God's people to keep us from prosperity, in Jesus' name I command that spirit to leave, loose the people of God. You will no longer fight against the truth of God's word. You will no longer use the emotions of God's people to manipulate them into fear. God has not given us a spirit of fear. You come from the pit of hell. And so in Jesus' name, we tell you to go to where you belong and don't come and harass God's people anymore. And now, Lord, we receive the spirit of power, of love. And of a sound mind. That's your gift to us. And we stir up that gift within us. Power. Love. And of a sound mind. Thank you that it is ours. It is ours. God has given to us. A spirit of power. Love and a sound mind. Lord, I thank you for the things that are going to be birthed out of this fellowship that are going to bless the families of the earth because we lay hold of the promises of your word. We lay hold of the truth of your word. And I speak over Grace Covenant Worship Center. The church began to prosper and continued to prosper until it became very prosperous. And when I say the church, it's the people, you, you the church, the people of God became very prosperous so that the Philistines out there are going to be envious of us. So that even the Jewish nation who are heirs of the promises of God will look at us Gentiles and say, how on earth are they prospering so much? And it will make them jealous. Thank you Lord Thank you for the truth of your word We celebrate your word In Jesus name Amen Amen This is the conclusion of this message Thank you for listening to the ministry of John and Beverly Sheesby For more information on this podcast and other resources Please visit our website LiberatedLiving.com.